0: So, <coughs> today, by instruction, desire of Guru Maharaj, we are starting a series of lectures. Uh, and finally the topic was revealed it was secret even for me <laughs> till some minutes ago <laughs> that I spoke with him and asked him which was his idea which was which were the topics he was thinking about sharing in the evenings, the afternoon so I may try to compliment it somehow or other, whatever he considered me to speak about so he will be speaking for you to know about uh, Bhagavad Gita's fourth chapter regarding the principle of avatar, avatar tatva, And he suggested that I may speak a little bit about Bhagavatam and the sections previous to Krishna's birth. No? So gradually getting closer to the official day of Sri Krishna Janmasthami. No? So to, today and during the following days, till Janmasthami, we'll be sharing some some words about this But it's mainly in the Bhagavatam. We have some chapters before the official birth of Krishna. How the Vakivikas becomes pregnant and the previous all this situation there. What takes Krishna to appear here? The prayers of personified Vedas to Krishna in in the Vakis' womb, Garbashtuti, and eventually Krishna's birth. So, well, today, so we will start going with the first section of 10th first chapter of 10th canto of the bhagavata and also connected a little bit with the ninth canto because there is some interesting connection there so as you know krishna's uh, birth is described in 10th canto of the bhagavata the 10th canto is like the let's say like the costuva jewel of all the cantos of Bhagavatam. every canto is jewel but the 10th Cantu is the Kaustuva jewel Her majesty spoke about that jewel Uh, so and he said Kaustuva jewel is in Krishna's chest in some way or another representing Radharani in Krishna's heart section (laughs) and Shyamantaka jewel is in Sri Radha's chest representing Krishna so Acharya has said 10th Cantu is the Bhagavatam Kaustuva jewel so Kaustuva is connected to Radha Prem, the love of Sri Radha, which is the zenith of the tenth canto. Actually, we could say that the whole Bhagavatam is leading up to these different zenith points of Raja Prem, basically. So the first ninth cantos, you know, every canto is described as different limbs of the body of of Bhagavan. Also, many different analogies are there. So this tenth canto is compared to Krishna's smiling face, hm? Smita Krishna. Means the smiling Krishna. So every every limb has its mm, its purpose, and gradually we it's also we are taught sometimes to see the deities. Of course, to see the deities, to present ourselves before themselves, so they see us basically. <laughs> but when we try to hmm? look at them, sometimes this gradation is described. You can start from the feet and gradually go up till you finally. Reach the ultimate point, smiling face. there <laughs> So in the same way, the Bhagavatam is constructing uh, his argument gradually till to put us at the feet of Bhagavan in Braj where he's no longer Bhagavan. Basically, <laughs> so interesting conception there. But for you to, for us to properly understand this idea that Gurudas also mentioned yesterday, Krishna is too Bhagavan, so I am First, we need a big a body of philosophy and conceptions that are being delivered in the first ninth cantos. And also, because someone may ask, okay, if the tenth canto is such as Zenith, what's the purpose of eleventh and twelfth canto of Bhagavatam? Because Bhagavatam is not ending in, even not ending in, in, in Brindava. In the tenth canto we have so many chapters about Krishna, in Matra and in Dwarka. What to speak? 11th canto, no? Uddhav Gita, such philosophical work, and 12th canto, Kali Yuga describing the tale, and Mahaprabhu. Actually, the, the Bhagavatam ends throwing at the feet of Mahaprabhu. And that's a very interesting connection, maybe not for speaking now, it's on a different day. But briefly, you know, Bhagavad Gita ends when the Bhagavat starts. Hmm? Dharma Prahito to Go. One book ends here, the other one begins, begins in the same point, and Bhagavad finishes Nam Sankirtan and Sarva Sarbopalpa Pranashana, throwing us at the feet of Nam Sankirta. So there we are with Chaitanya Chaitanya and the whole Gaur Lila waiting for us. But uh, even some half of more than the 10th Canto and 11th and 12th Canto are not dealing with Braja Lila overtly. No? <laughs> explicitly, but the purpose of all that sections are to uh, make sure that we properly understood this 10th canto and especially this Braja section no? so because after the Braja description is there many different sections are there to properly establish again the glories of Vrindavan and Braja in this Kaustuba Jewel of the Bhagavad. so <clears throat> do you follow my idea? Okay, you tell me n- any question? Right? So, <clears throat> so, to reach Tenth Canto, every Acharya, say, first try to go study the first nine one, so you can properly understand this Paribas Sutra, this password to the whole Bhagavad, Krishna's tool, Bhagavan, Swayam, what does it mean that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God, not only God, but the Supreme Aspect of the Absolute. So, Different avatars, different presentations that Guru Mahath would say, different emotional moments of the Absolute are being uh, appearing here and there. Whole parade of, of, of divinities there in every canton, every chapter. Long sections of, of prayers, as we spoke the other day, with deep, deep deeply imbibed in Saranagati. Pralacharit, Dhruvacharit, Charit, Prithu Maharaj, so many nice sections there to prepare, not to to, to, to prepare to uh, transubstantiate, as Gurmash will say, that our own perspective of life. So when we reach Vrindavan we won't think oh this is an ordinary stuff. The whole thing was ruined her at this point. Right? Some people in India have thought at some point especially some Victorian sensibilities were there they would think okay is very nice in Bhagavad Gita he's so uh, dharmic so correct while instructing Arjuna what to do what not to do so it's very similar to Christian sensibilities you no? Know? God instructing very dharmic very chaste so when the Englishmen get to the Bhagavad in the 10th Candice kind of everything got ruined here mm-hmm. the, the, the so called dharmic guru became just a lampada a playboy and, you know, this is some interpolation this section is interpolated so let's stick with Christian of the Bhagavad Gita, data but for us Krishna, the Bhagavad Gita is uh, well. He's actually mainly absorbed in in Brindavan. No? He's in Kurukshetra, and as our teachers have said, no? at some points of the dialogue, he goes off the battlefield and enters some type, some other type of battlefield <laughs> with the Gopis and the inhabitants of Vrindavan when they met in Kurukshetra like this. No? So, so we are here in the tenth canto starting to to hear the, about the birth of Krishna this is the burst, very first description of, of of this tenth canto that gradually builds up on this idea of these three periods of age of Krishna, Kumar, Poganda, Kishore but first of course birth is there hmm? as Guru Maharaj quotes Kavi Karnapur the whole Prakatlila, Boma Lila was made for so Yashoda can experience this joy giving birth to his son with his his child, so it's a very important point of the Bhagavad. But let's go a little bit back. That to ninth, ninth canto, where mainly uh, well, many other sections are there, but one of the main ones are Ram Ramchandra avatar described there, coming from the Sun dina- di- dynasty, Sun solar solar dynasty, there no? Bamsa so Sukadeva Goswami is describing Ramachandra's pastimes very briefly, compared to Ramayana, of course. So finally he ends his description at the end of, almost end of ninth canto, and two verses are there remaining, re- remaining, remaining, sorry. And there Sukadeva Goswami makes a brief summary of Krishna Lila, in two verses. <laughs> So he says, okay, I have finished describing this Suryavamsa, so now let's go to the Chandravamsa, to the lunar dynasty, where Krishna is coming. Actually, no? So he makes this planetary connection there. He, very briefly, in two verses, basically he, descri- he summarizes the, the whole 10th canto. So he says these two verses, ninth, ninth canto is finished. Like testing Pariksim uh, Maharaj. Like saying, okay, you want me to speak about Krishna you told me at the beginning right? Okay, there I spoke about Krishna you may imagine what will be Pariksimara's answer so that's how we'll begin the 10th canto first chapter with Pariksimara's like please don't stop there I mean that's a crime not just to give me such a. that's not even a trailer I mean two verses (laughs) so that's the point when Pariksimara says to Sukade please I mean don't, don't be so cruel. Do not speak about Krishna Lila in two verses. Expand, expand. I've been—I mean—at at this point, it's that of the seven days that Pariksit had to live. If I'm not mistaken, already four days had passed. No? So the clock was there, no? Three days remaining. And actually, Pariksit's uh, thirst, if you will, was to hear about Krishna. Hmm? He, so three four days had passed, okay he, he heard about Matsya Kurma, Baraha Bali, Vamana, sorry, Ram And when the point of to speak about here about Krishna comes, two verses. So Parikshimaras is just yes, I will die before the seven days if you do not continue basically. <laughs> because he was to hear about I mean his bhagavatam on topic and Pariksimaras is dev Krishna and because of this, the Bhagavatam starts saying Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Mm. Bhagavatam does not start saying Om Namo Bhagavate Ramachandraya Narasimhaya, whatever. But Vasudevaya. So I want to hear about that, that Vasudev. <clears throat> Remember Pariksit Maharaj's situation. I mean, he had, he's already the, the grandson of Arjuna. No? So just with that DNA, it says it all. Right? Your grandfather is Arjuna. So Krishna Lila is like... You are imbued in that deep fright in Krishna <laughs> Like yesterday's uh, Jalevis. In no? <laughs> that way, Pariksimaras was deeply submerged in, in Krishna Lila. with no? such a dynasty behind him. And, you know, he saw Krishna in the womb. Tara's womb, his mother's womb was, you know the story, I don't want to enter into detail. Ashvatam's brahmastras and there and the embryo ab- about to be dead killed and Krishna appearing there, Sudarshan so Chakra and all this stuff and he's having his first darshan of Krishna in the womb. You know? so try to imagine how Pariksimaras get out of the womb. Oh, I mean, after seeing Krishna. This point is very important. <laughs> no? I mean one thing is to see Krishna and another thing is after seeing Krishna, what must it be to stop seeing Krishna? You are thrown in madness, basically. Vishwanath Thakur says that in Madura Kadambini. Like at Baba, Baba stage. Maybe even before Krishna may give some little darshan, but especially at Baba stage, Krishna starts to manifest himself to every sense. Of the devotee, the devotee starts to catch Krishna's aroma, sight, sound, touch, and every sense passes out, collapse. And when he wakes up, the other sense, <laughs> and like this, gradually. Because Krishna gives some darshan and retires the darshan, so that's too much for the devotee to sustain. So Parikshita was in that mood, He saw Krishna in the womb. And after going out, he only was looking after that person he saw in the womb, inquiring actually, for example, it may be translated as the inquirer so to say that after he got out of the womb he was like exam- examining, examining, examining every person to see are you the person I saw in the womb? no are you one? No. Like till he finally gets to that person so party, no? ikshit iksha means like eyes ex- Param means every direction. Eyes in every direction. He was looking here and there. For that person, he saw in the womb. So she was, uh, we spoke the other day about the desperation of Sri of Guru and some other people. So also belongs to the Desperate Club. You know? <laughs> so, try to, I'm, I'm saying this is for you to conceive the, the situation. I mean, he's such a desperate person all his life looking for Krishna seven days to live. He finds the person that will speak to him about Krishna, Sukadev Goswami, Mahapurush. Four days have passed, basically not a single word about Krishna in the direct sense of the term was said, and Sukadev only says two verses. I say okay, we continue with next section and pariksima it's I mean do you want to kill me three days before the mm-hmm. the curse? <laughs> So, of course, he very humbly asks his Guru Maharaj, Sukadev, please uh, explain this in full detail. Well, we have reached this point. We start to speak about Krishna, Namo Bhagavate, Vasudevaya. Don't stop there, please. This is just the beginning. I mean, now here the thing starts to really become interesting. No? <laughs> now, till now, you have created the, like, the, the scenario, the platform as we spoke the other day no? for Krishna Lila to be enacted the scenario is Saranagati so these many stories of the Bhagavatam teach not only Saranagati but so much Saranagati is there and so much Saranagati will be in 10th Kant especially <laughs> but in a very clear way this has been, it has been thought no? surrender, Siddhanta, Saranagati all these foundational stages done? no the drama can start officially so Sukadev starts uh, praise to his Guru Maharaj, please. Hmm? Start your narration about Krishna. Three days are left. Enough time. You know, at the beginning of the Bhagavatam, Pariksh Maharaj asks his, his Guru Maharaj, I have only seven days to live, so is that enough for attaining perfection? That was his question. What's the duty for every person, especially a duty for one who is about to die? Every person. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I have seven days to live. So, is that enough? Or can we extend the period of the curse? Parichchimara was able to do that if he wanted. He didn't mind about that. And Sukadev was trying to say, yes, of course, seven days is more than enough. Uh, only one second of full proper attention is more than enough, mm-hmm. uh, and lifetimes of distraction, are never enough. <laughs> we have, we know what that means. Ramanda no? Brahmirti Bhagavanji. Thousands and thousands of lifetimes we have been distracted in different directions. So Now we have the chance of paying close attention. Nityan Bhagavata Shri And when we reach the point of really paying proper attention in the proper direction, one second is enough because of these scriptures had these many stances like uh, Lava matra, sadhu sangha, sarva siddhi for even one, not second, because of, uh, Lava is like a sub-sub-sub-second for such sub-sub-sub-second of sadhu sangha you can attain sarva siddhi, all perfection but of course, you may say, but I have already hours and days and months of sadhu sangha where is my perfection? Oh, proper attention has to be there, if you really get to have full focus, that lava is more than enough so we are trying to now, like, train our attention so gradually we may have that capacity Of you know, only one second of contact with the proper object of attention will result in the, the highest blessing right? So Sukadev said that these two correction. You know, seven days is too much, long time. If only one second is more than enough. So, <clears throat> so this harikatha is about to start, and uh, Sukadev is feeling grateful. Also, this is a very nice thing that you know. I mean, on one side we have Sukadev Goswami giving the discourse, and Prakriti Maharaj being the one who is asking questions. But actually, as Guru Maharaj also teaches, it's 50 and 50, the contribution is from each side. Because of Pariksit, sincere inquiry, that creates a particular inspiration in, in Sukadev Goswami, to answer with a particular perspective. If it not were for Pariksit, insisting to Sukadev with certain particular longing, maybe there would be an alternate kind of Bhagavatam, let's say. <laughs> But Pariksit was the one asking in a part, from a particular way. So that creates a particular aspiration in so Sukhadev in 10 countries there. In the same way Arjuna and Krishna. No? There is always this Sambad format of giving instruction. Dialogue. Question and answer. Question and answer. No? Guru Mahesh always insists this, about this. No? Any questions? He says. so. <laughs> hopefully you have some questions. Because that will be a symptom that you are... Doing things properly. Okay, maybe someday you don't have any question or problem. Do not get into neurosis. (laughs) But it's nice to have questions. Not because you are having doubts about the process. But because you are embracing the process. Seriously. And that will take you to question the nature of your embrace, if you will. (laughs) And how that embrace can be more comprehensive. And the question will be on that basis. On the basis of some faith, some trust so Guru will nurture that will, Guru will create new doubts but in the context of faith <laughs> so we require doubts to nurture our faith but a proper type of doubt for proper type of faith if you have a type of faith where there is no doubt about anything most probably you have blind faith <laughs> because if you start to question something maybe oh the whole structure becomes like, so that meant you have no real faith. But if you are courage enough to ask yourself, to allow yourself to have certain doubts, it means you have a mature faith. Well, at least you want that. So you open yourself for the possibility of pro- probably not understand not being understanding everything so perfectly. <laughs> you start to approach the infinite, so you realize. I will never have the proper, absolute, perfect understanding of everything. There is always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. So, this is a very healthy condition. Um, and Pareximaras is, is, is always in this, in this situation. It's a very important seva to present questions. He's the classical example of Kirtanakya Guru, which means the one who exemplifies the perfection through Kirtan. In this case, his Kirtan is... Making questions. Sorry, Goswami is the one, Kirtanakya Guru. Pariksh is the one Sravanakya Guru, the one who attained perfection by hearing, but hearing implies also. I mean the consequence of hearing, the by product of that. That is kirtan. To present question is a form of kirtan as well. So but it's a kirtan in the context of hearing, if you will. <laughs> so he's presenting questions. And he's hearing the answers to those questions, and he had attained perfection only by doing that. He, he he didn't do any other sadhana. He just heard, but just <laughs> heard from a particular angle of vision, looking everywhere pariksit for the answer to his question, in a very like passionate way, <laughs> if you will. So, and I'm very in many instances in the back of the acharyas describe how sometimes Sukadev was about to close some topic and Pariksha gave some particular question that triggered a whole galaxy of possibilities and Sukadev becoming enlightened again and new realizations came the other day I was with, I don't know who yeah. lots of troubling last, last time but someone told me during some day <laughs> that they were with uh, Bhaktisundar Govinda Maharaj Srila Maharaj's disciple at the time when Srila Maharaj was alive in this world and, and the devotees were going Guru Maharaj included to inquire in a very sincere way from him so you know these famous sessions you have seen these pictures you have heard the audience you have read the byproduct of that <laughs> and we are byproduct of that byproduct as well so and, and at one point, after some days, the devotees were going daily and were really like thirsty about like what was coming in that direction. Sila Sirmash started to reciprocate in a very unusual way, being very old, almost blind, but every single day spending some hours for these new devotees that was not like classical in, in, in his daily dynamics, so everyone in the math was like surprise! oh, it seems like a new chapter is opening with Guru Maharaj, every day he's going, and Bhakti Sundar Guvinda Maharaj said to, to some of these devotees, after some time of these sessions, he said, actually I've never heard Guru Maharaj speaking all these things, and he was all his life next to him, hearing everything he was speaking, but all the things that now he's saying and the, the depth of certain counsel he's delivering, Never, he said that. So. Like saying, like implying, because of you, he, you are with your sincerity, with mm-hmm. you, your approach, you are extracting these jewels from his heart. You know? So, like he was saying to the devotees, like thank you, <laughs> no? for being uh, uh, like instrumental in all this to happen. So well, Parikshimara says to Sukadev, please uh, speak about Krishna a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And Vishwanath Chakrabarti in his Sarartha in his commentary to this verse, he always, Vishwanath Thakur has these very like nice, uh, commentaries that he speaks like things that are not in the verse, but are like in between one verse and the other, like in be- he's reading between the lines and sharing with us extra exchanges that are not officially there in the Bhagavad. <laughs> and many of them are like in a very like funny mode, if you will. <laughs> this is one, this is not an exception to the rule. So, Sukadeva says to uh, Sukadeva, Please continue speaking about Krishna, Vishwanath puts. And Sukadeva at this point says to Kareksa, But you must be very tired already. Already four days have passed, no water, no food better you go to rest, take some food, and we finish here, the, no, he starts to speak in this <laughs> like Sukadev, testing, again, he decided, no? like, you are thirsty, you are hungry, too. you are tired, from hearing me, speaking for four days, so, no? so he was waiting for, Parexit's reaction, no? and Parexit said, actually, in the words of Bispanath, actually, because of hunger and thirst, Is that I put it, put, sorry, the snake in this brown and I got cursed. I remember the the whole story before when he was like hunting in the forest and he was at one point thirsty and he met this uh, Samika Rishi who was like absorbing his cottage in meditation and he was asking for some water and the Rishi was in Samadhi, what to do? He didn't realize someone, some guest was there and he by some divine arrangement, of course, got enraged and, and put in and, and garlanded. He said, "Oh, you are in a sarcastic way. Oh, such a great jogi that you are so much absorbed that you do not even can give me one glass of water to me. Ah, such a great jogi, I will put you a garland." So he puts one snake around the jogi, <laughs> and he lives. You know this verse of the story. Stringy, this brahmana's son arrives, and also although he was very and steady he became enraged he threw some uh, pronounced some uh, curse for the one who had put this garland so for said this to Sukadeva actually I mean, because of hunger and thirst is that I committed the upper re- through which I received this curse and because of what I'm here now and actually what I'm hearing from you is my water is my food so I am not experiencing nor thirst nor hunger because what you are giving to me is full uh, meal, if you will. Hari Katam Bhagavatam praises the nature of these topics in this way, Satamprasaṅgaṁ babanti hrit karna bhavanti-hrit-karna tadyo joshanat asva tadyo-sanat asva-pabhārga-varmani anukra one of many Shlokas of Bhagavatam which glorify Hari Katha. so there is described how in the assembly of Sadhus Satam Prasangam Prasangam is a very special type of association Krishna says Mama Vidya Sambhidu, the glories of my exploits are being described and Bhavandi uh, Karna Rasaya Nakata by hearing that this conversation, these vibrations this uh, sounds entering into the whole of the ear go to the heart and it acts as a Rasayana, this is like a Ayurvedic term no, Rasayana means like, how do you translate that? Like elixir tonic or, yeah, like all these things together no? like giving new life Sanjivani, there is also this word sometimes when Mahaprabhu was um, um, uh, at the shores uh, 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 hearing Bhagavad Kata from Gadadhar Pandit Sri Laseya composed a very nice pranam mantra to Gadadhar Pandit that describes him like giving new life to Mahaprabhu at the shores of the ocean in Puri and he says nilam bodhita te kipan śrīmad-bhāgavatam śadāśvanāya śrīmad-bhāgavatī-kata-madiraya śanjībayaṁ bhātiyā śrīmad-bhāgavatam śadāśvanāyana śrūpāyanae pujayaṁ gosrami pravaroga dhadara vibho puyātmadhe it's a very poetic description, glorification of Gadada. He says, at the shores of Puri, Nilambodhi Tata, he, Gadada is like supporting his dear friend, Bandava, no? who is at the verge of death, in separation, in the spirit of separation. So what he's, how is he maintaining Mahaprabhu with life? Srimad Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavati Madiraya Madhiraya Sanjivajambhatiya. Madhiraya means, some, he's giving the intoxicating wine of the Bhagavata mm-hmm. to drink. And this wine is Sanjivana also. It's like an elixir that, a tonic that takes one back to life also. It's intoxicating, but it takes back to life, but then it makes you pass out after that. <laughs> and well, after that, this is glorification of how Gadadhar himself is approaching the Bhagavat, which is important. We are trying to do that now. Srimad Bhagavatam Sadasvanayana Shrupayanay Puja Jam. Hmm? Srila makes a poetic analogy. He said, in the same way that some people worship Bhagavat before reciting with puja, make puja to the Bhagavat, offer water, lamp, like this. So, in the same way, Gadadhar is offering puja. With, to the Bhagavad, but with his own constituent components. No? for example, instead of offering water, he's worshiping the Bhagavad with streams of tears that flow from his eyes while reciting the Bhagavad. This, you know, famous story: the Gadad Pandit. When Srinivas Acharya went to study Bhagavad with Gadhar Pandit, he went there and she took Gadhar's Bhagavad copy, and actually, all the all the all the pages were blank. Because all the ink had been removed by Gadadhar's tears of reading in ecstasy, <laughs> so it's an empty but really full Bhagavatam. No, that's the fullest edition of Bhagavatam you can find. <laughs> there's nothing there. There's everything on there. <laughs> the Gadadhar's rather his tears. So Shira Samaras gives this connection through these tears, Naya and Ashru. He was like worshiping the Bhagavat. And I pray, he says, to enter into the current of that best of Goswami's Pandit Sri The current, no? like speaking of tears, worshipping the Vah. So I, I want to enter into that current so I may also approach Bhagavat with such a proper emotional makeup. <laughs> so uh, what was the point? Hunger, thirst, Harikata, and Sayana, Kata. So this Harikata is like a tonic giving new life. And by hearing properly this, we can attain all, all perfection. So Pareximara said this to Sukadev, actually. I mean, your Kata is my air, my pran. I'm, 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 I'm breathing. Your Kata is my pran, my life air. Your Kata is my food. Your Kata is my drink. Your Kata is my life and soul. Katamrita. Hmm. Gopis describe Harikatha in this way in the Bhagavad, famous Gopi Gita. Tava Tapta jivanam. And many other things. Tava Katamritam Tapta Jeevanam. The Gopis are dying in separation of Krishna. Gopi Gita is the song of the Gopis when Krishna l- left them in the Rasa Lila. and they meet Radan in the way. They join her and together they perform Satsanga and Harikirtan to bear with the separation. What we try to do as well, it's a different case, of course, <laughs> but Sadhu Sangha and Kirtan is the same way of dealing with life in separation from Krishna. Ours is a different type of separation, but the separation is a So, while dying in separation of Krishna, they say, Tava katamritam and jivanam." Say, Your kata is that thing which gives new life to the souls in this world they are implying with this in separation of you we want to die but just we cannot avoid thinking and speaking about you so every time we think about you and we say something we come back to life we cannot die we would like to die but we cannot die because your kata is bringing us back here over and over again so especially the the gopis and they are so attached to this they are even they are more attached to that than to Krishna if you will that was rather than, says in this famous Brahma Gita the bumblebee song at one, we spoke the other day that he was like, insulting Krishna saying that one I know he appeared in this verse and at one point say, he's, he was she was criticizing Krishna from tip to toe <laughs> but at one point he said well, I cannot spoke, stop speaking about him He's such a rascal but well, to, I can't kind of stop speaking about him. So like saying I can live without him, he's a rascal, right? I cannot live without stopping speaking about him. <laughs> so Harikata is you know, impossible for for her and for the Brahdevasi to to live. So in this way Har Maras is answering to Sukadev, you no. Know? No hungry, no hunger, no thirst. But my hunger and my thirst is, please continue giving me this Harikata. <coughs> so, what um, was to show. Ah, so regarding this, after Pariksit says this, uh, Sukadev starts to praise Pariksit and to glorify his disciple by. To th- mainly, mainly to thank him, thank you for engaging me in speaking about this. Because by speaking about this, I get immi- immensely purified. And there is where the Bhagavad mentions one famous verse that says, regarding Hari there are three main people who get benefit. So, which are the ones who get benefit? You may imagine. The one uh, speakers, who, speaker, uh, listener, and the audience i mean the, the questioner mm. and the listeners yeah so bhagavad said these three these three people get very big benefit the one who is speaking the one who is inquiring no he was saying this to the inquirer first se the inquirer Pariksit, and the rest of the audience because remember so many other people was there as well and and this one makes it clear in the in the purport, no? he says, he speaks of three levels of benefit. There, he said, the, the most benefited person is the speaker. The second is inquirer, and the third ones are the audience. Of course, this has to do also with quality of of all those things. No? So it's it's very important for for all of us now playing different roles today <laughs> to 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 properly conceive our. Benefit, especially if you are giving the class like I'm doing that then you can just sit on the viyasasana and think I'm going to instruct you I'm going to give the class and actually I'm going to get purified by your grace because without listener and inquirer there is no speaker as say, without guru without student no guru, without guru no student without Pariksit no Sukadev, without Krishna no Arjun if you will, no without Ramananda right? no Ramananda <laughs> Sambada so all of these pieces are crucial for the whole equation to give fruit so this is the beginning point where the, the, the main zine is described, how, how it comes to to come this description of Krishna's why Krishna's coming, what's the background to Krishna's descent Today, I imagine Guru Maharaj will start speaking about this avatar, tattoo conception. So I won't go into that direction. But I want to today at least to paint a little bit the, the general description. And tomorrow we can continue speaking about uh, well, the rest of the story: Brahma approaching the Lord in milk ocean and praying for the earth to, for the earth going to Brahma, and so on and so on. But if you have any question, we may have some minutes also. If there are questions, we have some space for questions also apart from the narration itself. Can what are the two verses that summarizes them? I don't know them by heart, by heart, but I should look. I, uh, I I'm glad you asked because I thought you said them and I just wasn't... No, 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 them. no, no, I didn't say okay. them. No, no, I never learned them. But they're like at the end of the ninth canto. I? I can check. Some other question meanwhile. well. <laughs> a question. Like, do we know um, where Maharaj Parikshit ended up in Vila? since he finished his life so obviously he attained perfection so he went somewhere where I mean what I've heard is that of course he is a devotee of Krishna but generally that his approach towards devotion to Krishna was not in Ragamark. but I've never heard in detail about the particular Swarup that Parikhs attained like Ultimately, I've never heard, I'm not saying it's not there, but I know you have heard. No, I've just heard it mentioned from um, uh, the devotees that he was in Gopi Bath. Well, the <laughs> maybe they are the group who mentioned that everyone ended up in <laughs> Gopi Bath, <laughs> <laughs> Nityananda Prabhu included. <laughs> Nityananda and Pariksha are now there as Gopis. <laughs> but we can, we can... We do some research, it's, it's, it's a nice question of course. So what else? While I'm looking here. Yes. Um, it's kind of sort of linked to um question. Like you mentioned in the beginning about um, Krikshut Maharaj's and of like DNA his grandfather was Arjun and you know his grandmother was Bhajra and um, his his father being Abhimanyu um, I was just wondering because I read um, like Mahabharata with my daughter in the evenings and that, that particular pastime of Abhimanyu on and, and, and the battlefield and how he left and it seems like a really, like, really moving part of, of Mahabharata and it, and it seems... Which so part, sorry? When Abhimanyu is killed on the battlefield and how he was such a great hero mm-hmm. and he was very dear to Krishna mm-hmm. and how Krishna looked after him you know, when they were in the forest mm-hmm. and everything. So sometimes I wonder about like what's the bigger picture about Abhimanyu, like, what, in terms of, like do, is there more information about, about him or is there something special about him? Well what I know about Abhimanyu is basically what you know already, what you have mentioned, <laughs> what's narrated in the Mahabharata. Of course there must be some Puranic description because Puranas are always giving complimentary Perspectives of what's saying the main books, whatever the Bhagavad or Mahabharata or whatever, but not personally, I don't have like expanded like notion of about Abhimanyu mm, But what I know is that yes, that the Mahabharata actually not only with Abhimanyu but generally gives this very emotional background to every section because that's the, the Asadept's strategy for for capturing us till we get to the Bhagavad Gita and we really like, shoo, you know, enter there, you no. Know? but regarding Abhimanyu specifically second research, or exit research, Abhimanyu research, research we have to open a research institute, another one <laughs> and I won't be in charge as you can see <laughs> we'll be part of it only so here I got to the verses so uh, yeah here uh, actually there are four but the first two are like some words about Krishna and the second two are like more systematic description of Krishna Lila I can share with you briefly uh, The first two says, no, three, the first three, says, Krishna, whose actions are praised by the descendants of Bhoja, Bhrishyanda, Kamadu, Surashen, Dasar, Hakuru, Srinjaya, and Pandu, delighted his devotees by his pleasing, affectionate glances, his satisfying instructions, and his heroic actions, using his body, which was pleasing in all aspects. And the other one, before entering into the mentioning of the lila the joyful gopis and Priyanarmasakas, masakas of course this is according to Bhishmana expression (laughs) drunk with their eyes Krishna's face, a continual festival of delight with his playful smile attractive beautiful cheeks and ears shining from his makara earrings but they could not be fully satisfied and become angry with the creator who made their eyes blink so now comes the last two verses this is Ninth Canto, chapter 24, verses 66 and 67. So the first one says When he was born, Krishna left Vasudev's house and went to Braj in order to display to the world the highest Prem. After killing demons and liberating them, he married many women and produced hundreds of sons by them. Very quickly, <laughs> as Parabrahman Brahman in human form, he worshipped himself through sacrifice and established path of the Vedas belonging to him alone for the benefit of the people. And this, the other verse: has, He destroyed the heavy burden of the earth. By annihilating, annihilating with his glance the armies of kings in battle, by creating enmity with the, within the family, and loudly proclaim, pro, proclaimed the victory of Arjuna. After speaking spiritual knowledge to Uddhav, he resided in Dwarka in Aprakatlila. End of Krishna <laughs> <laughs> So that's cruel. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really, that's a real summary, a really summary. So, of course, the purpose of that was to enhance longing in perfection, in order to make him increase the... As we say yesterday, Krishna was in Kaliya and, and remained there till... Well, different reasons are there. Another reason that Vishwanath, no, Gupal Shampu mentioned is that Krishna was in Kaliya in the coils enveloped because he knew, oh, the copies are coming on the way. They are just knowing that I am here, so I want them to see me, especially dancing, but they are on their way, they will take like two prahars, so I will wait there till they come, but also it was there because of, again, increasing the different types of affection, from motherly affection so when the proper moment came shoo, he appeared, so it's all about longing no? so this is the same, so in these two verses so quickly he didn't ever mention Brach, I mean he was he got birth and killed some demons and married many women and I to Dwarka, Aprakat, Lila, Gaur, Haribo. I didn't say Haribo there. <laughs> he said Haribol, but Haribol keeps speaking about Harry, you know? <laughs> So Very important two verses. I'm directly speaking that created the whole trigger for 10th so We may learn them, why not? <laughs> something else? <clears throat> Maybe if you want to say something about... The expansion <laughs> no, no, it's ok <laughs> what's in, uh, what said yesterday was... yeah, I, I think since, since I, I think you had heard those things before in, in, in Poland, right? yeah but basically what he said was the, 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 his line of thought what he mentioned yesterday basically, you know? like this idea mainly asking ourselves for for sources his idea, because at that point I think he was just in the midst of his research of the. Because yesterday I asked him and he told me, yes, I think I will make some extra appendix to the book about that. I mean, it was not in his project, <laughs> but the point came as he said and he asked that and he started to do research. So he was like just in the midst and asking, "What's your source? Where did you hear this?" And I heard from you. <laughs> <laughs> so we started to, to go on and yes, the point was this that the, his main reference at that point that was is the same that now was this Ananga Samputika it was not in the Goswami's uh Granta oh, I would like to find that verse that Brad Sundar mentioned from Chaitanya Bhagavad it would be an interesting reference to share with Guru Maharaj, let's see the original one what does it say but mainly this Takur's book mentioning this and, but I was interested also in asking Gurmash to share the, not so much the book, but mainly his, these 13, 14 points that he found there, to also try to think about that. But for me, the most consistent thing that also he mentioned yesterday is this idea that some people mentioned Shakti, Shakti, Matur Veda, they say between Shakti and Shakti, Ma'am, they're, oh, One, different. <laughs> So this this argument for me is the most like strong that he say, okay, if Shakti and Shaktiman are one different rupa Goswami mentions in Lagu, Lagu Ga that between Shakti and Shaktiman there is independent will. So if all if you apply the full fullest implications in that idea, that's for me what's also makes Gurmash very special between the galaxy of sadhus that he's very much of this idea of getting to the full implication of something all of us should follow that step, not just receiving something and, and, and have short-term implication <laughs> but which are the middle-term or long-term that may be troubling for our thinking or, or challenging for whatever but that's the, the real challenge of being a, in, the, in his case a theologian you know? <laughs> Theologian means someone who is really willing to reach the ultimate implications of everything, no matter what's in between that. <laughs> and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, like, canista or a mediocre, how do you say, mediocre, 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 mediocre practitioner will be just satisfied with some short term implication or with no implication at all. But as we spoke the other day, no? We have implication, implication behind, between implication inside implication, so many layers till we reach the fullest, unpacked implication. So that's what I also may think what Srila Sir Marash mentions and full fledged theism. I remember that question was there when I visited Audaria. Mangaldar made the question. He asked about what does it mean full fledged theism? Well, of course, who knows Sri no? Lasir who knows what's in his mind. But he was one of these people, of these personalities that really unpacked reality till its last consequences. You know? So I like this idea because if Shakti and Shakti man are one and the same, but on separate at the same time, they have independent will. So there was the necessity of Mahaprabhu because Radha is Krishna's Shakti. So, if there is no independent will and one is tasting something through the other, as they say regarding um, Balaram and, and Angamanjari, you know, Balaram is taste, tasting Madhurya, Bhav through his Shakti expansion and Angamanjari. So, it means there is no independent will but one is feeling what the other is feeling. Do you follow? So, there is a contradiction to what Rupa Goswami says first <laughs> that there is independent will in Shakti and Shakti Manan. That will contradict the whole gorlila because if Krishna is tasting whatever Srimati Bhagavatam is tasting, he wouldn't feel the necessity of appearing as Mahaprabhu. Ooh. He will just be Krishna hmm, tasting his identical will with Radharani. But we, we see there's no identical will, there's independent will between Shaktis. So as Gurmata we say, there is there are a lot of theological problems by following this this idea. No? I really appreciate it, especially at that point, because it showed how much he went into the long term implications of the idea and how these other people just was quoting, yeah, Balaram is rather, and maybe there were not so much long implications. As Guru Maharaj jokingly said, maybe there was just short term implications more connected to their pocket than to some sedantic idea, like they try to maintain the business, the Goswami business. And Madura Rasa with Nityananda, and let's make the whole thing. Yeah, we have everything here, and come with us. <laughs> so, <laughs> their long implication will be we'll have a very nice, no, big house in the future. <laughs> Short term implication, <laughs> in my pocket now. We know this was during the story of some distortion in the party bars conception for some people, and because of the Bhakti Nod and Bhakti Siddhanta, there was so much. Denouncing you say denouncing mm. this type of presentations no? so that was that's what I can say because sincerely what he was speaking those days is basically similar to what he shared now. It seems that these ideas are, are the ones, and the rest we will see that in the appendix, so <laughs> waiting for that to come, Sakim <laughs> like mandalam now, right. Yes. Huh? But circle of friends actually means the same, I was thinking, yes. huh? Of friends forever It means the same also, because forever, circle. <laughs> circle is forever, eternal time. So no contradiction, the title remains the same, the song remains the same. ki jai, Man ki jai, Sankirtan ki jai, Gopal ki jai, Gold the keys